Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. I'm so excited to welcome to our weekly interview for Sound of Truth a longtime friend. In fact, we go back, oh my goodness, Angie, I guess it's been 31, 30, yeah, 31 years or so. That feels like math to me, so I I think you're right. (laughs) She was Angie Brown when I met her, but now she's Angie (laughs) Elkins. Angie, welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I was thinking about you earlier today when when I looked at our schedule and saw that I'd be interviewing you for this and just I had I actually had some laughs because we had some good times back in the day. Yes, we did. I know some stories. I know where the bodies are buried. If anybody <laughs> has any questions, I, I got I got you. This is a dangerous <laughs> one for me, you know, to, to to bring on someone who knows some some dirt from my past. So absolutely. Uh, and, and you know I, what? Go ahead. The most interesting thing about our friendship, Brett, is that I introduced you to your wife. You beat me to the punch. I actually had a setup for that, but I'll let you get the glory on that right now. So, yes, <laughs> Listen, it is I take true. All the credit for that. It is true. And I wanted you to know this is something you don't know is every time I hear anyone ever make a reference to Fiddler on the Roof, I think of you. Why? Because of the song Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Me a Match. Oh, that's hilarious. Isn't that yes. from Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah, it totally is. Yep. And so I've, I, I think I actually wanted the kids to watch that with me a few years back. And I, I thought of Angie, you know, because she was the matchmaker yep. for, for Lacey and I. Uh, what? Absolutely. And so sure. I hold you in great regard and have been thanking the Lord for what you did for us. And Lacey, on the other hand, she's kind of, you know, not been as happy about you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. So not only did you introduce us, but we were good friends before that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, met at Union and then went to Southwestern. I, I was out there a year before you there. And you came and a lot of us from yep. Union made our way to Southwestern, kind of hung out and had a, had a great time. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we did. It was fun. And like you said, we both met our spouses there. I met mine thanks to you, but uh, mm-hmm. you met Robert there as well. That's right. I sure did. Uh, a lot of good things happened to me at seminary. Um, I loved my experience there. I loved getting the degree there and just being able to, to be on that campus and learning it was such a gift to me, but also I met my husband there and I made some great friends that I'm still friends with today. I, I would agree with you. I, the, the experience at Union and at Southwestern, both mm-hmm. were just, were stellar. I, mm-hmm. I have such fond memories of, of uh, both of those places. And uh, of course you were a part of that. So, hey, yeah. you have a story that I don't think I have really heard your full story of your background. At least I don't recall that or how you came to faith in Christ, because when we met, mm-hmm. we both were following Jesus. Yeah. But why don't you go ahead and share that? That's that's one of the reasons why I had you on. So start from the beginning and give us give us your background, give us your story. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to. Thanks for asking, Brett. I, um, I was born in the Memphis, well, in Memphis, Tennessee, in the Baptist Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, and I grew up in a Christian home. So my parents went to church. We were one of those people, one of those families that went every time the doors were open. You know, so if there was a Sunday morning service, a Sunday night service, a Wednesday night service, we were there. That's what we did. That's what my family did. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't even remember going almost anywhere else except for maybe out to eat. So out to eat and church and then, of course, school when I got older. But, um, yeah, so I went to church from the very beginning of, of before I can remember. But when I 
my salvation experience, what I remember about it, Brad, I was seven years old. And so I remember it was a revival and the theme of the revival was magnify the Lord. Hmm. And we had these tiny little plastic magnifying glasses. They were tiny, like the size of a quarter. (laughs) Oh my. I don't know why I remember this, but it was like something they passed out to everyone to, you know, like an object lesson, I guess. Yeah. Like a theme, a tangible theme type reminder. Totally. Totally. And so I remember that. And, but I remember the, the pastor who was there, who was preaching, talking about how we needed Jesus really in order to have any kind of fruitful, abundant, happy is probably a word he used life. You know, that's probably how I translated it when I was seven years old. We needed Jesus. And I just remember thinking, well, I want that. I want Jesus. And to be honest, from I, I never remember a time when I didn't mm. want Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always had that love for God in my heart, the love for the local church, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I wanted Jesus. And, but what a and testimony to your parents, too, right? That that was mm-hmm. a home where that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I would say most of it really came from church to be honest. Mm. And I, I mean, my parents were great and I, they were definitely faithful to take me to church, but they weren't super, um, I don't know how to explain it. They weren't very open emotionally, okay. so it wasn't like we talked about a lot of things. They were an older generation and they, they were just kind of closed off to feelings. Um, I can remember my dad reading his Bible, but he had one of those big, like giant gift Bibles. That was, you know, in like <laughs> right. the formal living room and he would just sit in there and read. But we never really talked about our faith. We just went to church. Okay. Yeah. And so it was at church where I was like, this is me. This is what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. So I gave my heart to Jesus when I was seven years old. I walked forward at that revival and then I was baptized later by Pastor Billy Smith. And I, I still remember it very vividly. But I would say really the transformation came in my life when I became, you know, a seventh grader and I entered into the youth group at my church. My youth pastor at the time, his name was David Wooten. Mm-hmm. And he's, do you know David? You, we're very good friends. Yes. You, you remember that connection. Forth? I don't know if you remember that connection. So I, don't, I forgot. I yeah. forgot that connection. Yeah. So David Wooten was my youth pastor and he taught as most, most youth pastors do. They challenged their youth group to live a life really as a disciple and a follower. And so that's that's really when I would say I started just feeling compelled to live in a different way. I mean, I was before that I was a kid. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking too much about I'm a bad person or anything like that. Did I recognize my need for Jesus? I think I did, but I don't it's so hard to remember, but it's been so many so many years ago, right? Right. <laughs> But I do, I do specifically remember when I was in junior high coming to a place of, oh, I, I need Jesus not just to save me, but to actually change me. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. so that just started down a road of where I was learning from leaders in my church how to be a good disciple of Jesus, of a good follower of Jesus. And I will tell you, it's also at that same time that I fell in love with the local church and it's interesting because the local church for me has always been a sanctuary and a safe place. I know a lot of people cannot say that. They've experienced a lot of church hurt or even been hurt by a leader in their church mm-hmm. or even abused. And um, 
I am so thankful that I don't have that story that the local church has always been a safe haven for me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably how my love for the local church started. But even as I look back as a little girl, Brett, I remember looking at the, the church secretaries and thinking, they have the best job in the whole world because they get to be at church all the time. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that's really what I thought. And of course, back then, that's all women did in, in Southern Baptist world anyway. And so right. um, I, I just, I, I never aspired to do anything really other than that. I, I just knew I wanted to serve the local church. That's all I knew. And mm-hmm. I, I probably didn't come to that realization. So I was probably about 16 and I just realized this is, I want to be involved in the local church in some way and somehow, however it, however God decides to do it, I'm here for it, basically. So 16 and, years old is when you kind of sense that. Mm-hmm. Now, just on a personal note, were, were David and Pepper still leading in, in your life at that point? They were. I think, yeah. I think they were. I think they were. Um, I feel like they may have left right about my senior year in high school. Okay. I can't remember. I, I did have um, a transition David Chenault was a transition between David Wooten and me going to college. I don't know if you knew him, but he was a friend of David Wooten. Okay, the name and, does sound a little familiar, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he, he kind of came in and was interim when David Wooten left, and then I went to college. So, okay. um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I was there when David and Pepper got married. I was at their wedding. Like, oh, I remember, wow. yeah, I remember it all very vividly. They were a huge impact in my life, for sure, for sure. Now, what church was that that you were part of at that point in time? Yeah, Trinity Baptist Church. And at that time, it was in Memphis, Tennessee, in Whitehaven, right down the street from Graceland. That's where I grew up. And then um, the the actual church location changed when I was in college. They went down to Mississippi. Mississippi, that's right. So I um, just realized I had that love for the local church when I was 16 years old and Went to college, of, as you know, that's where I met you at Union University, mm-hmm. and I loved it, loved my time there as well, and then, and majored in music because I had always been a singer. I grew up singing in the church, and I loved it, and I just thought, well, I'll be a music major, you know? Sure. <laughs> and so that's what I did, and And you could sing. I could remember that, Angie. You could sing like a bird. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful voice. And I went to, after uh, graduated from Union, went to Southwestern Seminary because what's next? Seminary. I mean, it was just really, I don't know. I have this, I have this thing in my life, Brett, where I just believe that God is not really trying to hide his will from us in any way. He, he just wants us to walk closely with him and just do the next thing, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I've always lived my life. I've never been a, a real worrier about, am I messing this up? Am I messing up God's will? I mean, I've definitely had moments like that, but for the most part, I've just always just thought, you know what? My heart is to honor God. I'm just going to take the next step and move forward. And so that's what I did after college. I went to Southwestern because they had the biggest music school and the best, and Texas mm-hmm. sounded fun. <laughs> it was fun, yeah. It was fun, and I knew, did know a handful of people there, so I knew I wouldn't be alone. Yeah. And, um, so I went to Southwestern and got my degree in music from Southwestern, where I met my husband, Robert. Yeah. What year was that when you met Robert? Because that was, I think, the, our mm-hmm. first year of marriage for Lacey and I. Probably. So he came to Southwestern in 95. So I I arrived there January of 94. He arrived there fall of 95, and we were married August 96. Okay. So wow. 25 years. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. What's really funny about this that our listeners may not know, but but Angie and I, we, you and I, we uh, we kind of were friends that kind of shared some of our relationship woes with one another. <laughs> we really did. <laughs> we absolutely did. Oh, um, but the Lord yeah. provided, you know. Um, so. I know. Gosh, thank God. Let's just stop and praise the Lord right now. Amen. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what's also kind of cool that, that, of course, this is an audio podcast. So, um, but Angie, you've got, you know, you always had that striking red hair. And mm-hmm. when you met Robert and started dating, everyone, I think everyone was like, he's a music guy and he's got red hair. This is meant to be. <laughs> I know it's so funny because I never dated anyone with red hair before. And someone asked me this recently, like, did you, were you attracted to him because of his red hair? And I was like, no, I actually thought it was a little bit odd. Like, <laughs> are people going to think we're weird? Like we're, you know, that are they we cousins have... or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of my dear friends from seminary, actually, I don't think you know her though, but when we when we were first dating and then early marriage, we were at Wedgwood Baptist Church in Fort Worth. And my friend Dawn, who she and her husband went there, she would see us sitting on the front row together because he played the piano. And she said that they thought we were brother and sister, not married. Oh, that's we were funny. brother and sister. I know. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So well, it's funny too because my husband has. A twin sister with who has red hair. So, uh, a lot of times when we go home to his mom, people will think I'm Susan, his sister Susan. They'll say, "Oh, now you're Susan," and I'll say, "No, I'm Robert's wife." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Angie, thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Uh, I'm of course going to ask you to to uh, stay on and let's record a, another episode for the following week. Let's talk about okay. something that's kind of passionate on your heart in your wheelhouse, so to speak. So, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.